Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Good morning. Good morning. This is probably my favorite part of just getting up and seeing each other for the first time. It, it feels weird being up front and looking back at all you, like why you worship, and you're like, why is he looking at me? Am I, am I not singing loud enough? Like, why did he give me that look? And so I, I try to keep my looks to a minimum. Um, eh. Good morning. I feel like it's kind of a quiet crowd this morning. I think we're kind of just more like, it's not a huge crowd either. That's okay. I remember uh, my wife and I, uh, we had a home group. Whenever it was like, one, usually we had like 20 to 30 people there, and it was just full of just people. And I loved it, because I love people. And, uh, but at one time, there was like two people that showed up. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is going to be a, and I tried not to get discouraged. I'm like, oh, we're failing. It's like two people showed up. And, uh, and so we're just like, all right, well, God, what are you, what, what you going to do with two people? And, and I remember that night clearly because it was so radically different than what I was used to. And what would happen, it was hilarious. So the two people showed up. So it was my wife um, and myself and then these two people that showed up, um, Nicole Santos, who just got engaged. Uh, it's fun to see people that you know, like, Finally, like, just like, just get engaged, having life, getting abundant. Anyway, and so, uh, but, and if you're not engaged, it doesn't mean you're not abundant. You get it. Anyway, I just mean they're just like, they're having, they're, they're going after their dreams. Um, but anyway, so long story short, what ended up happening is like these 10, there was six of them, and there was six random people showed up at our house. They were friends of my, uh, Jessica's brother. I don't, why they're at our house, I don't really remember. But um, they showed up and because they were about to go on a 10-day road trip. And they just wanted to say goodbye to James, who they thought was going to be there that night. Anyway, none of them were Christians yet. And so these two people, plus my wife and I, literally got to just love and pray for them and prophesy over them, which they never had done before. And the two people that showed up were pretty new to it too. So we all just got radically blessed by the opportunity just to pour into these, ten, these uh, six people, getting ready to go on this big road trip for 10 days. And so... Um, and the people that showed up, they were like radically impacted. And you know, the funny thing is, had there been a room full of 20 people or 30 people, these six people would have felt overwhelmed. They would have felt like, insecure. they would have been like, ah, we're just going to leave. So it was just a fun reminder to me that God just, he's really fun that way. He takes what, what we think we need to be successful, what we need to be moving forward and doing great things. And he just, just kind of like, just kind of like shelves it all and says, hey, this is what we're doing today. So Honestly, if two people had showed up, I actually would have been pretty excited because um, that would have been a really interesting Sunday morning. Um, all right. Hey, good morning. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking, um, I was thinking a little bit about uh, this, uh, what we're, where we are culturally, and, and we've, this is our first year having a church. So um, it's not our first year being um, walking with God, which is really no different than having a church. Um, you're just walking with God. Um, but one thing I, I recognize is that uh, when, you, when, you, when we have a church, when we have a community, we have a family, there's a level that I want to be, um, oh, what do I say this? Um, sorry, I'm just going to stay authentic with everybody and not kind of go down some weird leadership road. My heart isn't to focus on um, all the, uh, the things that are happening in the world that are, um, that are not fun. Right, we can turn on the news every day, and we can see something to focus on. Right, um, somewhere in the world, there's some tragedy happening that we could talk about. 
There is. And so I, 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 I personally, I tend not to be the, the, the highly political one that goes running after this thing and then running after this thing. And, um, and, and as I, I recognize as a father and as a leader, I recognize that, that we actually have an obligation a responsibility as family to talk about stuff and to actually like figure out like, you know, some of us are trying to figure out, well, what does God think about some of the turmoil in the world? What does God think about racism? What does he think about love? What does he think about the people that hate racism? And, and so I, you know, some of this stuff just comes up in my heart and I'm just trying to figure out with the father, like, God, what do we want to talk about? Because whatever we talk about is going to increase. Whatever we talk about is going to create something in us. So if we talk about all of our problems every Sunday morning, <laughs> we're literally going to grow a bunch of problems because we're watering seeds with problems. Like we're, we're literally, we're speaking over, we're speaking life or death over things for life and death is in the power of the tongue and those that, that use it will eat of its fruit. So I, I want to be careful what I say, what I talk about um, beyond just conversation with my wife and my friends. But but one thing I do want to say this morning, um, you, you, you kind of have to be living in a hole to, to not hear about some of the stuff going on in, in, in Charlottesville and other places in Boston. And there's rallies, there's, there's rallies against rallies and rallies against rallies against rallies. And there's Facebook groups that are against those that are against those. And, and, and so there's just a lot going on. Amen. There's a lot. Like, I don't know if some of you guys might have just decided, like, you know what? I'm just not watching the news. <laughs> And you know, a lot of people like that, amen, brother. <laughs> you know, and I, I kind of tend to be that guy because I'm pretty darn positive. And, and I, I like, I want to look at what God is doing. And most of the time, that's not on the news. Um, and, um, and I want to make sure that, that our hearts are pointing in the same direction. And, and I'm aware that every church out there is going to have a different, slight different direction. But I'd hope that you know, um, Nicole read on 1 Corinthians 13, you know, love is patient, love is kind. It does not boast. It does not take offense. It's not easily offended. Um, and love suffers long for things. It, lo- it, it, it does not, it, it doesn't give up. And so when I think about some of the stuff going on with, with these um, very small groups of people, um, you know, white supremacy and, 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 and the, the, the Nazi support, I have no idea how, how deep that stuff goes, but but there's people out there that are actually tearing people down. They're devaluing people groups. And, and like, wow. Like, although I recognize that it's a very small, tiny group of people making a very loud noise. I recognize that. And it's a loud noise out there. And I think there's a lot of hurting people. There's a lot of scared people. Because they're hearing a loud noise coming from a few people. And that's kind of scary. The fact that a few people can create such a loud noise in our, in our world. Um, so I, I honestly, guys, I just, I think first and foremost, our heart needs to be focused not on the news and the media because they're going to do what they're going to do. We can't control people, right? We can't control people. You can't control people. Our goal as Christians is not to try to control society. I'm not really trying to preach on this, but it, I don't know where it's going to go. But, but listen, our, our goal in society is not to control people. It's not to tell people what they can and can't do. I get that we're, we have voting power, being we have a government, things like that. But don't hear that we're supposed to insert our Christian beliefs on everybody and control them. So they do it worse what we want them to do. Okay, I used to think that, and we used to pray night and day that God would control people. 
(laughs) And he's still not controlling people. But what he is doing is he's radically loving people out of their messes. Okay? And so as Christians, we are called to love. They will know us by our love. They'll know we're Christians by how we love people. And so when I think about the, 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 the confusion in the world right now, when I think about the sides, warring against sides, and, and here's the reality, guys. The enemy doesn't actually care what side you're on. He just cares that you've picked a side and you're mad at the other side. He just cares that your heart is deeply offended and, and it's hardened towards other people. That's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants a hardened heart. The enemy wants you to shut down and he wants you to build up massive walls and, and, and be known for what you're against. This is what the enemy's after. Because if you can shut down your heart and you can build massive walls, that, mean you, that means you're also walling yourself off against love. It's really quiet here. It's okay. It's good, guys. Um, Listen, the gospel is about laying your life down for another. No greater love than you would lay your life down for somebody. And so as we see things rise up, and they are things. They're not, we don't battle against people and individuals. But we rally against powers and principalities. We, we, we worship, and as we worship God and we lay our lives down for God, we're literally declaring that that thing doesn't get to dominate our sky, our space. So... So first and foremost, guys, this, if you're wondering, how do I deal with all this pain in the world? How, first things first, you ask the Father, what are you doing? Father, what are you doing right now? Because I don't want to be looking at what the media is doing. I don't want to look at what a few people are messing up everything and doing. I don't want to look at the people that are against those people that they're doing. I, I don't even want to look at what my political party is doing. I want to look at God. What are you doing right now? And, and how do you know what he's doing? Will you ask him? Because you're in relationship with him. This is why you're in a relationship and not in a religion. In a religion, you go to a, a service and they tell you what to believe. In, in a relationship, you, you gather around other people and you learn what you're supposed to, what you want to believe. You, you, learn, you learn who the man we're following is like and then you get connected to them by talking to them, hanging out with them. So we're in a relation. So ask the Father, what, what are you doing right now in this, in, this, in this world? And then you ask him, hey, what should I be doing? Some of you guys just be praying. God, I just pray for love in this, in this world. I pray for love to break through and to kill this hatred spirit. Some of you guys are supposed to sign up and actually serve people. You're supposed to do something. You're supposed to start an organization, start a nonprofit. I don't know. Ask the Father what you're supposed to be doing in this. But it doesn't just look like turning on the television or, or strumming through like really like, like Facebook feeds and, and, and news articles that are just going to spur you up. You, see, you ever get spooled up by some of this negative stuff? I want, you to, I want you to take a look at your heart when that happens. I want you to find out, like, is that love being stirred up or is that fear? And so let love be stirred up. And so if fear is getting stirred up, well, congratulations. You have an invitation to connect with the Father on that. So I want us to first and foremost, if we're going to be anything as a community, I can only speak for us, I want us to be a community that follows the Lord, that follows love. What is love doing right now? And, um, and I don't know what love does every time, right? Your love might actually go march somewhere. I don't know. It's not what I would do. It's not what I feel called to do. But love in your heart might be like, I need to support so-and-so. So let's be a community of love. And second, I want to say we need to be a community of compassion. 
It's easy to say, well, I'm just going to love, and, and all those people groups that are hurting out there need to love too. I think we're also called to have radical compassion, and radical compassion for these people groups that are afraid, that are scared. And I, I get it. Like, you can understand how they're scared. It's not weird. It's, it's like, I totally get that. And so I, I, I don't want to diminish and marginalize where people are at in their lives and their walk with God. I get it. I want to press in. I want to love them and be compassionate. So whether this is just your own heart where you're like, man, I just, I've got a lot of compassion for what's going on right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of scared minorities right now because of this small group of people spreading fear. And so, you know, whatever that looks like for, for you to reach out with compassion and, and, and to understand, to put yourself in their shoes, wow, that looks scary. I'm really sorry you're going through that. That, that can be, that's powerful, guys. We're not, gonna, we're not accepting hatred. We're not accepting fear on either side. Amen. Hear me in that. Like I, there, we, don't, we don't do fear in any form at all. We do love, and love casts out fear. So you're the solution. You're the solution. And I don't, I don't, maybe your solution is just you, you pray by yourself. You have a prayer group. That's awesome. Maybe your solution is you, you become more vocal and use your words. And I, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't know what you're supposed to do. But I want to say that as a community, first and foremost, we follow what, what, what does love say? What's the gospel? Listen, the gospel is the answer for this. It's the answer. We're like, well, how, Jesse? Tell me about that. I'm like, seek it out. Seek out what the gospel is. Seek out what the gospel is in your heart. Like, this is why we got to understand the gospel, because the gospel is the solution to the world's problems. It's a man decided that I have the answers. I'm going to lay my life down so I can save the world. So did he save the world or not? And then if he made you in his image, in his likeness, and you're called to be like Christ, go do the same. Lay your life down for something. Okay. I think that's it. So... I don't know if that was super political, but to me, like, that's, that's my heart for this. So if you're wondering what, you know, Pastor Jesse is or, or wants to go, feels in this whole thing, that's what I do. I'm not, I'm, I don't like to sit around and put my head in the sand, um, but at the same time, I'm not trying to chase fear. Um, and we're all different. We're all different. You know, our, my, our old, in, my old intern and good friend, Rhea Travis, she's like a, this radical just, she just goes after it. And she's got such a heart of compassion that, that she's all over this stuff. She's trying to understand all these people groups. And she's super smart. So she's like actually using her head and thinking through some of the arguments behind it all. And so, so that's what she does great at. So I don't know what you're great at. But find out what you're called to do. Be confident in it. And be convicted by love. Does that make sense? Don't be convicted what you should be doing because your neighbor's doing it and you're not. Like, just be confident what you're called to do. We're not all called to, to, to be that person, that Rhea. You're not all called to be me. So, okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, let me just, can we just pray for all that now? I just want to do that. Just, I don't know what you want to do. Close your eyes, raise your hands. I don't know, shake a leg. I don't know. God, we just, Father, we thank you, God. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, that you're, what you're doing, you're doing radical things in our country. You're shaking things up, Father. That you, Father, are so not in control that you're willing to let things get shaken. 
Father, I pray that love will, get, will, will be shaken into the mix, God. I pray that love will rise to the top, Father. I pray for radical lovers, God, to, 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 to be raised up, Father, in, in this generation. I pray for voices that are gonna sound louder than the negative media, that they're gonna shout a message of love that's going to shut down the enemy's message of hatred and fear. God, I pray for a message of radical freedom, God, that, that we will not be dominated by, uh, by skin color, by education, by, by systems, God, but that we would be radically motivated by, by seeing people for who they are. I pray for an equality of hearts, God, equality of minds, Father. We pray for every system of the world, the educational system, the political system, the, 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 the social systems, God. Even the church systems, God, we pray that, that love would reign. God, we pray that, that there would be just, just testimonies, Father, that come out of this time, God. I pray that as things get darker, Father, that your light shines brighter, God. God, I thank you that your kingdom is ever expanding. It's not diminishing. It's not afraid, God. It is, it is radically powerful to defeat the works of the devil. And so, Father, I thank you that your son walks today, walks around and defeats the devil in every corner, God. So I thank you for light. And we just declare, Father, that light is more powerful than darkness. We declare that love is more powerful than hatred and that we, we just declare that perfect love casts out fear. And, Father, I pray that you would touch everybody in our community today. I pray that you would touch everyone in our community, that we would be people of confidence that we'd be people of radical confidence in who you've made us to be and that we would walk it out without fear. Yeah. Amen. And, and Father, we pray for all the people groups right now, God, that are feeling marginalized, that are feeling hurt, that are feeling scared, that are feeling alone, God. We pray that, that they would be comforted. They, they would be comforted by you, by your Holy Spirit, by your presence. God, we pray they'd be comforted by other people, by Christians that love them, that will show them peace, that they would put them in families, God. And we just say, you are not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. And if you're feeling that way in this room right now, if you're feeling alone in, this, in, in some of this turmoil, in, this, in these battles that are going on, I want you to know you're not alone that this is a safe place, that you get to be vulnerable, that you, get to be, that you get to be connected, that you get to be in family, and you get to be held. And so I will say, if you're in this room and if you're part of our community, you're scared, you're hurt, and you need someone, come find us, come find me, and we will, we will, we will put you in family. Yeah. Yeah, we thank you, Father. You are doing so much, God. We are people of hope, God, and hope never disappoints. So we know this is going to turn out for good, God. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Amen. 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 You know, I used to, I used to pray really differently. <laughs> I used to pray, God, help. Do something. Don't you see what's going on? And now I pray. I pray into the truth of what's going on. I pray that he is doing something, that he is that something. So I just, I just pray radically differently now. It's beautiful. I get a lot happier too because um, before I'd pray and not see what's happening and now I pray and I just, I, I totally see what God's doing. It's awesome. In the midst of all the, the tragedy, God is, is sin, as sin abounds, grace increases more 
And so it's a beautiful thing that God's grace is more powerful than it ever has been. It's just awesome. It's such a backfire. The enemy tried to destroy the world by killing one man. And in the end, he kind of ruined the whole thing, didn't he? He just kind of ruined it all. So it's just backfire, right? And so honestly, these people groups that are trying to create hatred and fear, it's all going to backfire. It's going to be it's going to be a victory of just radical love. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Jesus. Hmm, okay. Jesus. <laughs> Father, help me. I, I get so sidetracked after that. I'm like, oh. Oh, thank you, Lord. I felt like that was a really good message, though. Um, honestly, guys, we, we just, we're just learning to be like Christ. That's what we're doing here. We're just learning to become like Him. And so the more we, we talk about Him, we talk about what He is doing, you just kind of slowly start to like, how many of you guys just got ministered by some aspect of that, that something in your heart got touched? Just, just raise your hand. Like, there's a part of you like, and maybe it was like, maybe it was radically a different subject and your mind wandered, but it, but it, but it stuck there, right? See, that's, I, I have confidence that it's not about me on Sunday mornings. Um, I, I'm going to share about this. It'll be, I think it'll be kind of quick. Um, I'm going to talk about Matthew 11:28, 28, and I was actually already going to talk about it, but now I'm really going to talk about it. Um, I want to talk about um, <laughs> Matthew eleven twenty. I want to talk about being yoked, not like yoked, like Paris Rowan. I mean, but like, but like, <laughs> but like being yoked, like yoked, like you know, in, in in farming, you get yoked. You know, you have the oxen; they're yoked together by these big yokes. And you know, you can picture two oxen. My, our, we're we're right now we're reading um, uh, Little House in the Prairie with my daughter Reagan. And there's like, I didn't realize this, there's like a series of like eight books. And one, and it's like the first one's all about Mary and Laura, um, not Mary. No, is it Mary? Yeah, Laura and Mary. And there's a, is it, there's a younger girl too. Charity? Carrie. That's right. That's totally it. Yeah. Pa and Ma and Carrie. Okay. Anyway, and, and it's so fun because they talk about, they talk about, uh, oh, thank you, Lord. I just feel the presence of God this morning. Uh, I love when we talk about what's on God's heart. I love when we're not afraid to talk about what's on God's heart. Okay, so farming. That's on God's heart, farming. And, uh, <laughs> no. So, but anyway, I, you know, we're reading these books to Reagan, and she's, I, she just loves them. She's like five, and, and um, she's such a sweetheart. The kids were running up, giving me hugs during worship and reminding me what worship is about, okay? And, um, and so, but, but they talk all about farming. And one of the books is all, it's all about them building a house in the prairie and doing little things. The second book is all about, um, I forget his name. Um, does anyone remember the guy's name, the kid's name? Al, 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 what is it? Almanzo. It's totally Almanzo. <laughs> it's all about Almanzo. I'm like, wait a minute, it's little house in the prairie with Laura. I mean, like, I was like, oh no, it is Almanzo. So it's, so it's just different characters. I had no idea. And I guess later on, like, Almanzo marries Laura. And anyway, it, don't spoil it for me. But anyway, so Almanzo is all about farming, which I thought was really cool. So I'm learning all about farming and, and, and threshing and, 
and things like that. You should totally get the books. They're great. <laughs> like Harry Potter's got nothing on these ladies. And so, um, <laughs> anyway, so, um, <laughs> oh, I laugh. <laughs> I sure laugh a lot up here. Um, external processor. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, so it talks about being yoked, and so they, they you know, they, they hitch the oxen together, and, and, they, and they, they pull the plow, right? They're plowing the field, like they, and the plowing's hard work, because you got to get that thing down deep into the soil, and so people pulling it like that, I don't think that's even possible back then in the hard ground, and so like, so they get these massive oxen, and they're like pulling the dirt, like they're, they're, they're getting it ready for the field. And so it's like, when, so when you think about being yoked to something, like these two oxen, picture two massive beasts. Have you guys seen oxen? Like, they're large. It was at the fair. Did you guys ever see the, there was actually a, there was actually a stand. I saw it. It was like the largest oxen ever, something like that. Did you guys see that? They, it was inside of a tent, so you couldn't see it, I think, unless you paid. I thought that was pretty funny. It reminded me of like an old circus or something like that. Um, like, Strongest man in the world. Anyway, massive, massive horses and oxen. Anyway, so you picture these massive beasts being, being hitched up to, a, to each other and pulling, through, you know, this, this, I don't know what you'd call that, a, a plow, in, in, you know, through it. You guys, forgive me. I, I didn't pay attention that much to the books. So, but, so then, so we got, so I'm going to read 11, Matthew eleven twenty eight, kind of in that context. Eleven twenty eight. Come to me, um, Ooh, do I want to start sooner? I'm going to start at 25 just because the Bible is really good. I like reading it. At that time, Jesus said, and this is red print, so this is Jesus talking. If you're new to this book, it, it, this is Jesus. Um, I, I really love that they made Jesus' word red. It took the, took the guesswork out. It says, I praise, you, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to the infants. Come on, that's good. I just say law. Come on, if you're, if you're ever worried that you don't know enough about the Bible, you don't know enough about God, take, take hope. He's hidden the things from the wise um, and the intelligent. You revealed them to the infants. So hallelujah, hallelujah. The gospel is for infants, that you can actually change the world, even though you may not know this book backwards, forwards. How many of you guys know Greek and can read Hebrew? Not me. So Anyway, so uh, he goes, yes, Father, for this way was pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me, Jesus, by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and anyone whom the Son wills to reveal him. This is why Jesus is the only way. This is why when people say there's lots of roads to God, I say, really? This is what it says, that no one knows the Father except the Son. So I don't know if, if Buddha knows the Father. This says only Jesus knows the Father. I don't know if all the other religions out there, the 10,000 Hindu uh, gods, I don't think they know the Father either. They probably want to know him, but they need to know Jesus first. Anyway, so, uh, so verse 28. Then it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's a lot of people out there that are weary and heavy laden right now. What a great opportunity for the gospel to spread. What a great opportunity. This is, this, is, this is God's territory. Verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everybody say, 
Take my yoke upon me. Come on, let's say it again. Take my yoke upon me. Cool. I need you guys to stay awake with me. Come on, this is good. I'm awake. All right, take my yoke upon me. What is he saying here? Right? I mean, I, we can brush over that. Oh, your yoke. But when you think about the picture that this is actually saying, it's take his yoke upon you. Like, be yoked with him. Right? Like, be yoked. Literally strap in, like, around your neck and stuff, and you got to put this massive yoke on you. But who are you yoked to? Who's next to you? This is God. Like, this is Jesus. This is, this is the man, this is the man love. And this isn't like a, a Shetland pony you're yoked to, right? Like, you're not going to have to pull most of this weight and tell this other little pony next to you to come on, pick it up, right? This is, this is, this is no ordinary oxen you're yoked to. This is God. This is the king of kings you're yoked to. Just, just ponder that for a second. You are yoked. You're, 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 you're strapped into this guy. You're strapped into the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Lion of Judah. You're, I mean, you're kind of yoked up to a, bit, a massive lion. And so picture this. Think about, picture you and your calling. Picture what you're called to do, what you're supposed to do in life. Picture tomorrow, today. Picture walking in on a Sunday morning. I was going to preach this anyway, but I was in our, in our leadership meeting and I said, guys, listen, we're yoked to him. This isn't our battle. This is not our, our this isn't our, like, our strength that's going to make anything happen this morning. Listen, it's not your strength that's going to change everything in your life. It's not your strength that's going to plow this field. Now listen, if you are, if you are yoked to me, then yeah, you probably have to work pretty hard. Right? Like if Saul was yoked to me, I, like, I'd let him down. Like, <laughs> he'd be like, come on, Jesse. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm, this is a, I've had a rough day, Saul. You're going to have to pick up the slack on this one, right? Like, and he, and, and he's, if he was yoked to me, he'd be like, come on, Jesse. Come on, I'm having a good day. Why are you holding me back? And it's like, and then one day he'd be like tired and I'd be like, Saul, you're killing me here, buddy. You're like, this yoke is a huge burden on me. <laughs> but when you're yoked to the Father, when you're yoked to God, like, you just strap in and hold on. You think about that, though. Think about, think about like, being yoked to this massive oxen, like these, like, thousand-pound oxen, right? And you're like, okay, let's see what this field, let's, let's see what this oxen can do. Let's plow the field. And then you just, like, as soon as this thing starts moving, you're like, oh, Jesus, okay, okay, we're going. <laughs> and it's like, all of a sudden, you're radically aware of how little strength you need to have. Can you see that? That's a powerful vision, isn't it? That's a powerful imagery. This is exactly what it's talking about because he knows he's talking to a bunch of farmers, a bunch of people that know what this is about. Listen, being yoked to God means that, that it's never gonna be your strength. If, think about this, like the amount of strength I could put forth to a thousand pound oxen, like it's like minuscule, and so I just, I want us to nail that thing this morning. And so what's it look like now to like walk through our days, to, to go after our lives, to go after our things? Some, sometimes I want to tell a quick story. Greg, can I, if I ask him in person, he can't say no. Greg, can I share that testimony you shared with me earlier? Cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love asking people in public. Don't they can say no? <laughs> um, I, I, it's a neat, I've got other stories, but this one was fresh, and I just I loved it. So I want you to think about this the story in context that we're talking about. Greg, he, he was work, he works at a car dealership. Love this man. Um, just a hard worker. Really hard worker. He is like a, he, he's kind of like an oxen a little bit. Just like, just goes, goes, goes. And, and he's like, all right, well this, okay, this got hard. I'm going to move over here. We're going to go this way now. We're going to go this way. And so he's not a man that will shrink back from anything. I've known him for that. And I know that's, that's true about him. He's also a man of positivity. And so he's going to think the best of every situation. Well, he got this dream job in the, in the internet side of, 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 uh, um, of the car dealership, and he was just loving it. It was like, it was just, it was perfect for him. It was like, this is awesome. And then one day, some guy came back to the, um, to the dealership and wanted his old job back, and so Greg got put in a different part that was not his fun part. He did not like this. It, it felt like demotion. It felt like this isn't fun for me. And so he's facing trials of many kinds, okay? And so he is, uh, let me get my water real quick. And so Greg is trying to figure out what is he supposed to do. You guys ever been in that situation where everything's going great and all of a sudden brick wall or maybe that maybe just got steeper and it got harder, right? And you're trying to figure out, right? If you're a Christian, you're asking these questions. God, what am I supposed to do? It just got hard. What am I supposed to do next, right? Like how many of you guys ask that question, right? Because you're Christians and you want to do right, you know, you're just like, I just want to do what God wants to do. And other things, you know, I get that. And so, and so we, we start asking these questions in our hearts. I'm like, well, what should I do? Like, this is getting hard. This isn't feeling, this isn't feeling fun anymore. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm called to do this type of sales. And, and, and he was really not liking it. And, and just, it's just kind of a lot of pressure on him. And, um, and, I, and I think even like, anyway, so... Um, and so he, I remember him was talking to me, and he's like, Greg's like, I was like, Jesse, what should I do? What do you think? And I'm, I'm really feeling like I should probably quit, and I should go somewhere else. And so he gets his resume ready, and I, I told him, I'm, I'm, I told him just for my credit, I, was like, I said, just stay the course. Keep going. Actually, what I said is, what's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? Listen, by the way, if you guys are mentoring people, or your friends come to you and ask for advice, I want you to consider this, that telling them first, what's God saying? Okay, I'm not saying what to tell them, but consider asking them this question. What do you feel God is telling you to do? Because too often we're going to give, we give, we give advice. We give our own wisdom, which is valid and it's good. But the reality is they're not you, right? And so all, I, I love starting with this question, what's God telling you to do? What do you feel like he's calling you to do right now? What do you, what do you feel like God, what, what do you feel God on right now? I don't know how you want to word it. And he's like, well, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him. And so Greg goes back and, and, and talks to God and, and he decides he's supposed to wait. And, and, um, and so he, he waits and he waits and then he's thinking, okay, I think I need to get my resume ready. And so he gets his resume ready and he, and he actually goes for an interview on Monday, right? You said it was Monday? On Monday he goes in for an interview at Mercedes and I'm thinking, well, that's an upgrade. You should totally do that. And <laughs> like, you get me a car, that's awesome. I love this plan. And so, uh, <laughs> and so he's thinking, he's probably thinking in his mind, like, wow, it's an upgrade, God. This is what happened. It got hard, so you want to upgrade me somewhere else? Like, all smart ideas. And so, but, but he's sitting in this. It's so funny. I love when he shared this with me this morning. Kind of, this was like the, the, the most recent development. And he's, and he's sitting there, and he says, you know what? I was sitting in this interview, and I just felt like I'm not supposed to be here. 
Because, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll feel like we're supposed to not go anywhere, and then we'll do something to go somewhere, right? We're like, oh, I think this is good, but I'll just get my resume ready. I'll just go to a couple interviews and see what's out there. Listen, right? Come on, I've been there. <laughs> I remember one time I was in a job, and I'm sitting there at my desk going, God, this sucks. This is not you. This is, this is, I, and, and I got on LinkedIn and I started looking at other jobs that I could be paid more at. And I'm like, I'm underpaid. Uh, I'm undervalued. In fact, what I started off doing, they actually took away all this honor. And, and I was like, oh, this is horrible. And I'm being persecuted, Jesus. <laughs> and so I'm on LinkedIn and I'm looking for a new job. And the Holy Spirit stops me and he says, Jesse. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Mm, I didn't hear that. <laughs> He's like, Jess, hey. Hey, hey, Jess. I'm like, yes, what do you want? And he goes, he goes, what are you doing? That's just how he talks to me. And I'm like, what, what, do you, what do you, you know what I'm doing. I'm looking for a new job. This sucks. Pardon my language. And, 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 and he's like, which he doesn't care about my language. And so he's like, he's like what, what, but what are you doing? I said, you know what I'm doing. I'm looking for a new job. This is not what I signed up for, God. And he goes, what, what, did, I, what did I tell you to do? Because I'd asked him before. I, I, I knew what he told me to do. And, and, I, and I said, well, you, you, you told me to stay, God. In fact, what he told me, he says, stay until I tell you to leave. And I'm like, and, I, and at the time, I was like, okay, I can do that. And then it got worse. Because <laughs> it might just get worse. I don't know. And, and so, and then I'm, so I'm sitting there going, he's like, he's like what did I tell you? I'm like, oh, okay. And so, anyway, so I, I anyway, long, that, I've been in that situation that Greg's in, but I like his story. So, so Greg's like sitting in this interview knowing he's not supposed to be there. And then, and then the next day he goes into work and, the, and, and the, the manager comes up to him and says, hey, Greg, come out of my office. I don't know exactly how it went, so I'm going to take some liberties here. He says, Greg, come on. I, you're an amazing man of God. I love you. He, maybe he didn't say that, but I, he should have. And so, and so he said, come into my office. How, how would you like to be the manager of the internet department in Huntington Beach? Which is, which is the original job he had at that dealership where somebody came in and kind of yanked it from him. And so he's looking up. He's trying to be like, oh, wow, a lot to, you know, think about. That's amazing. Yeah, that'd be great. Instead of going like, really? That'd be awesome. I'm out of here. Like, you know. <laughs> and so he, he, he accepts it, and he, and he, and he leaves. And, he, you know, of course, he calls Rob and his wife right away, and he's, he's just stoked. And then he posts the, he tells everybody this testimony on our, on our, uh, on our communication site. On our, on our, we have a Slack page for all of our volunteers and stuff like that. And so, and, and I'm just like, this is awesome. I mean, he's, if you don't know something about Greg, Greg loves the beach, loves the beach. And now he's like five miles from the beach, just down Huntington. And it's like, this is a dream for him, right? He gets a raise in pay, gets to keep his benefits, gets to keep all this stuff. And he gets to be, he gets to lead it. And he gets to be in a place that he feels really comfortable and excited to be in. But how did he get there? He waited. He sat with God. He just, he sat in the uncomfortable place and he waited. You know, I, I hear a lot of people come forward and says, Jesse, um, I have all these promises on my life. Would you pray for me that I get them? Would you pray for me that these doors would open? And sometimes I say, sure, I'll pray for that. But what are you doing until they open? What are you doing while you're hanging out in the hallway? Waiting for some of these doors to open. What are you doing in these places? Do you believe you're yoked with God? 
Listen, we get afraid because we're not seeing what we're supposed to see happen. We get afraid because you're feeling really devalued and dishonored in a job that, and so really, here's what I have. What happened to me is that I said, okay, I'll stay. And I just asked God, well, what am I supposed to do here? Because all of my authority has been taken away from me. And now I'm stuck here feeling like I don't have any actual way to impact the community, impact the culture here. And God said, have you tried loving everybody yet? And I said, well, yeah, you know I kind of did that. And so he just, he just encouraged me. Jesse, you have more power than you think you do. And so I started just talking to people and, and being that place of light. And I, I take people to lunch and just hang out with them. What's going on in your life right now? Anyway, I just started doing stuff to become more powerful and to actually realize who, who can I be? What does light look like for me in this situation? Because I'm yoked with God. I'm yoked with him. I am co-laboring with him. This is why he's not afraid of you taking credit for some of the stuff that happens around you. Because when people look at you, they look at you and him. When he looks at you, he looks at you and him together. He knows that he's not doing this alone. Listen, it's not like you're looking at God yoked to nobody. He's like, come on, be yoked with me. And then it even says this. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. How many of you guys want to learn from God? How do we learn from God? Strap it on. Strap on that yoke. Don't do it apart from him. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop trying to figure out how to solve the world's problems. Stop trying to figure out how to make everybody happy in, uh, in, in our world. But, but, but get yoked with God. Get connected to him. Get, just get cozied up to, next to your father and learn. And learn what does he have for you to do? What are, what are his plans? What are his strategies? Amen? Come on. Sorry, I'm getting passionate. I'm getting passionate because this is the truth. This is how you live an abundant life. I, I'll be real with you guys. I had, I had some really great notes, and I'm looking over these notes, and I'm just thinking, these notes just feel so heady. They feel so like, you know, like, I don't know, because sometimes I get kind of down that road. I get kind of like detailed and, and, and structured, and I'm like, ah, I, I didn't feel life on that. And so I kind of abandon a lot of these notes. But here's the point, guys. If you're looking for open doors, the door, was, the door that got opened was the veil that got torn in two. We have an open door. <laughs> His name's Jesus. This is the best open door he'll ever give us. And so if you're wondering when this, when this opportunity in, in, um, in, in training, in your personal training business, if you're wondering this opportunity in your internet company or you're, you know, I'm working for this company, when am I going to get my break? Listen, that's, I believe in, in places of favor and grace and growth and upgrades. But before you get to that, you've got to figure this thing out. Before you figure out how to grow in all these big areas of promotion, you need to figure out how do I grow in this thing called being yoked with God? Come on, all right, why don't you guys stand with me? I think this is good. I'm gonna pray for us. How many of you guys right now, raise your hand with me. How many of you guys feel right now that you're poised for a promotion? That, that you've waited, you've done what you're called to do and you're ready for the promotion. I'm not talking about like, how many of you guys want more money? Like, it's like, I'm talking about how many of you guys honestly can feel that, that there's, there's, there's promotion coming. 
that you're on the edge of it. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. It's probably a bunch of us because I think we all feel like we're ready for that. <laughs> That's okay. That's totally okay. I want you to own it. All right, good. I figure there's a lot here. Okay, so listen. I want us to pray for each other right now. I want you to put your hand on your friend's shoulder. If, even if they're not your friend, they'll become your friend. Glenn, can you put your hand on the person next to you there? Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm watching you guys. All right, this is good. Listen, we're going to do this together. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. This promotion will come as you relinquish control, as you release the reins, as you, as you step into being yoked with God. Okay, so I want right now, just take, up, take two minutes, and I want you to pray for the person next to you that they would, there'd be a grace in their life to be yoked to God. Now, sometimes being yoked with God means moving forward. So I'm not trying to say don't take action. I'm not saying don't, don't be a man of action, a woman of action. I'm just saying search the Father on this. Get yoked with him. Be comfortable not being in control of this thing. All right, so just pray for each other that, that, we would, that, that they would step into this yokeness, step into this connection with the Father right now. And pray for their promotion. Release it over them. Just declare, you will be promoted. All right, go ahead, church. Just pray for them like you want them to pray for you. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for promotion, Scott. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you hide things from the wise and you give them to the infants, Father. Thank you for promotion, God. Lord, we are excited for what you're doing. That tomorrow is the day of breakthrough. Father, I pray that people would stop doing what they're trying to make happen when they know it's not God. They know they're not supposed to be doing it. I pray for a ceasing of, of the wrong activity that they would lay down. God, I thank you, Lord, for a, 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 an easy burden, God, that burdens are falling off right now. Burdens are falling off right now. I just see the burdens are light. This yoke is easy. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Father. More, Jesus. More of your word over their life, God. Just declare over them that they hear God's voice. Just say, you hear God's voice. The Bible declares it. My sheep hear my voice. You hear his voice. You will know what to do. He's too good of a father to keep you in the dark. You will know what to do. If you're looking for a mentor, you're going to have a mentor. If you're looking for direction on a relationship, you'll have direction. If you're being promoted at a bank, you work at a bank, God's promoting you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Okay, amen, amen. Good job, guys. Just give God a hand. Come on, just give him a shout. Thank you, Father. You guys did awesome. Awesome. Come on. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hey, I want to encourage you guys as we, as we finish up here. Um, it's a little, it's, it's just there's not a whole ton of people here today. You know, what, you know what I like about that? Is it's you can't hide as easy. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? You, you can't hide when there's not as many people here. 
I want to encourage you guys. Some of you guys just get nervous and you leave quickly. I know it happens because you tell me. <laughs> I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Some of you guys get nervous and you leave because you're like, well, I don't know anybody. Nobody says hi to me. I'm calling you out. Listen, this isn't church. This is family. I'm calling you out. If that's you and you know who you are, I want to encourage you either to sit in your chair for five minutes or go turn to the person next to you and say, hey, what's your name? My name's so-and-so. These are my dreams. (laughs) Or, hey, what's your, oh, your name's Saul. Saul, what are you excited about right now? What's God doing in your life? These are not complicated questions, guys, but they'll bust that nervousness inside you because you're radically lovable and people want to be your friend, okay? So I want to challenge you for that. You don't have to do it. You can run if you want. I won't even look. I'm just saying. (laughs) I just love a smaller group because you can see people, right? You can see people. So let's, let's, just, let's just take advantage of this thing of people just hanging out at home and doing their, fun, doing their thing. Let's take advantage of this moment of just loving each other a little bit better than we might normally. So bless you guys. Hey, if you're part of the prayer team, I want to encourage you guys to come up. Um, we just want to get at least you know, a few people up here as people need uh, kind of more specific prayer. So come on up right now. We'll get the house music on. Love you guys. It was a fun, fun Sunday. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.